Okay, I'm coming. Oh shit, uh... Your horror pack has arrived. <laughs> yeah, th thanks. Hello everyone, welcome to the unofficial horror pack podcast presented to you by Kill the Cast and Netflix and Chill Horror Podcast. My name is Jerry and as always I am joined by the ever-talented Carly. What is up, Jerry? How have you been? Not much. You came in like a robot. You were like... I know. <laughs> I like. I, I stuttered. I messed up. I was like, what do I say now? How do I do this? Come on, act it's like it's not your first time. It has, it, has been a, it has been a month since we've been... We did the first one, and we are now on episode two. We are doing the October Horror Pack, and... I feel like we got a pretty good horror pack this month. What do you think? I would have to agree. I mean, I owned one of the movies already, but I can't complain because I like that movie and the other three I did not own and I'm excited to add them to my collection. Did you already own it on Blu-ray? No, I didn't. Okay, so, so it's an upgrade. Nice. Yeah, I can like trade my other one in or something because it was a DVD. There you go. Already thinking mm -hmm. of the bright side. Uh, so with that, let's get into the Horror Pack. Um, horror Pack was teasing that this was going to be a big Horror Pack. They were saying that this was going to be special. This was going to be good. Um, personally, I think they, they might have overhyped it a little bit. But yeah. I think it, that's only because they were, they were giving people the impression there would be movies in there that like would not be in a horror pack. Like, I think people need to keep in mind what horror pack is. You're not going to, like, open it up and get, like, a, like, top-of-the-line brand-new Scream Factory release or Arrow release or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say I think overall they did a really good job. And uh, the first movie we got was Joyride, which I, I, I know I've seen, but it's been forever but you were saying that th this is a this is this is one for you yes um have you seen any of the sequels do you know if you saw those probably not because they're i think they're shit personally some people have like soft spots for them but i think they're just cheesy and there's no effort but the original joyride from i believe 2001 is one that i grew up watching uh my dad was a fan of it so he showed me it and i you know i like road horror movies like the hitcher is another one of my favorites as well as um dole and yeah i mean joyride's a pretty good movie it's it feels more like a thriller kind of but there it's also like it definitely can be argued as a horror. I think it's listed as like thriller if you look it up online, but it's definitely more on the horror realm of things. Um, it's also got some like comedic moments to it, which I think mix in well. And it's just like a fun ride, if you will, all the way through. Um, I recommend it to anyone who has not seen it before. It's got, of course, the late Paul Walker is a star as well as um Steve Zahn or Zane, whatever what's, his name is. What's funny is Steve actually gets top billing here mm -hmm. over over Paul Walker, even though like this disc was made in 2013. And according to the back of this, and I'm just like, by 2013, they didn't move Paul Walker up to number one to sell this. 
and he really is like the number one person in the movie and he's the number yeah that, one that's on the actually case. yeah <laughs> he's he's so, looking at me kind of seductively over here mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and jj abrams was a writer on that that's actually pretty interesting yeah i forgot about that i so, will have to i'm gonna have to give that another watch so i think we both give a thumbs up for joyride yes absolutely so the next one um is a sequel now in horror pack we get sequels sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad uh when i got mirrors 2 i was like i have no idea what this is but at the same time they've also included sequels like Pumpkinhead 2 which to me i like Pumpkinhead 2 so it can be hit or miss with this one i don't know because I've never, I've only ever seen the first movie, but that's Lost Boys: The Tribe. Now, yeah, and I, I can't really add to that either. I haven't seen any of the sequels. the The only thing I can say about this is that I know Alex from the Skeleton Crew. Uh, he has talked highly of the Lost Boys sequels and has told me I need to give them a chance. So, I think now that I own this one, as long wait, is this the second or the third though? Wasn't there two oh. sequels? <laughs> Well, I guess we're both uneducated. I was going to ask you that as well. I forget what the other one's called, but they came out, like, they obviously came out years later and, like, kind of close to each other, so I get them confused, and I've never seen them. I know one's better than the other one, though, but I don't know which one that is. Well, I guess we will have to find out on that one. So, I guess we have no judgment on Lost Boys the Tribe. I'm not, like... I'm not sitting here giving it a thumbs down, but I guess that's a thumb sideways because I just don't have feelings on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so far, thumbs up and a thumb sideways. <laughs> the The third release is The House's October Built. Now, I've never seen this movie, but I did recently just listen to a review of it on the podcast Under the Stairs, and it sounds really interesting. So, what's your take on The House's October Built? Um, like I told you before we recorded, sadly, I just watched it on Netflix and then we got the horror pack. So like, it kind of sucks. Like I didn't want to rewatch it obviously, but, um, I think it's a pretty cool movie. I didn't really know anything about it going into it to me. Like the cover always made it look like some home invasion film, but it's not that at all. It's basically like a found footage documentary style movie of people going to haunted house attractions and, I think it is really well done. Like, I think the acting is pretty good. The people in it kind of talk how I feel like I would talk with my friends. And, like, it just has, like, a cool vibe to it because they're going to these haunted houses. It seems like an adventure I would want to go on. And it's got a good amount of creepy moments. For me, I don't know if I would rewatch it, though, all the time. It doesn't have much rewatchability for me personally. But I think it's a pretty solid watch if you want to check that out on Netflix or if you got it in your pack, obviously. Yeah, well, I'm seeing on the back it says full-length documentary that inspired the film. So I'm I, when I watch it, I will most likely want to see this documentary also. So worst-case mm-hmm. scenario, it looks like there is some good bonus features on this. And I am a big fan of bonus features. So Yeah, I'll, ha- I'll have to check those out, actually. So I, I, I'm, I have not seen The House's October Built, but I've heard good things, so I'm giving a thumbs up on that one. Me too. All right, so we're doing pretty good. Now... The last one is our special feature. This is the exclusive to the Horror Pack, Horror Pack exclusive number 15, Morningside Monster. I, uh, legit, when I saw the front of this, I did not know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it sounded like it was going to either be like some kind of hillside strangler type movie or a very very weird creature feature um yeah i got the same vibes so reading off the back we have in the working class town of morningside new jersey sheriff tom hawk which i just want to say um when they first said his name fully in the movie tom hawk i 100 percent thought they said tomahawk <laughs> and i was like if my name growing up had been tom hawk I would forever be going as Tomahawk. Yes. Like, you see me in the cafeteria, you better be like, what up, Tomahawk? Just say it. All right. You have every right to do that. Exactly. So, Tariff Shamhawk maintains a quiet peace. When desecrated corpses and ritualistic symbols start appearing, Tom and his deputy, Clara Austin, are thrust into an unreal world of darkness. While tracking the killer, Tom comes face to face with the past as he come as he crosses paths with deadly serious local drug runners and watches as his closest friend Mark struggles to care for his ailing wife. With time running out and bodies piling up, the officers embark on a desperate race against the clock, pitting the two friends the uh, uh, pitting the two against friends enemy what does that say? Hold up. <laughs> the officers embark on a desperate race against the clock, pitting the two against friends. Enemies, Andy, and even each other. Okay. One, I think that description is a little overboard. Yeah, I re- I reread it like three times because I usually read descriptions before watching the movie just so I'm not totally lost going into it. And I was like, this is a little too wordy and a little over dramatic, but okay. Yeah, it is. Like, like uh, what is uh, Deadly serious local drug runners. I mean, unless you're their wife and you get smacked around, I don't know who they're causing trouble for. Like, yeah. they're, I mean, the dude has has a, a gun that looks like it belongs to the Joker in the first Tim Burton Batman movie. But other than that, I don't know about that. But I will say I did actually enjoy the movie. Um, for an independent film, I, I actually really enjoyed it. When you watch an independent film, you have to keep in mind... That it's made with independent money, and a lot of times that is really small, and they got to work with what they get. So I give a lot of passes to movies like this. As long as it's entertaining, I can overlook uh, some faulty acting or some odd camera work, but I will still point those out. Um, mm-hmm. But over, but all in all, I, I actually did enjoy the movie. What were your first thoughts on the movie? Um. Well, like. When I first put it in, um, in the first scene plays, I kind of was, like, a little bit taken back by it because I was like, oh, this kind of looks like every torture porn, low-budget movie ever. And, like, I didn't really like that opening clip because it just kind of set, like, a bad put like a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. But then as the movie went on, um, like you said, there's some camera angles that you would see in, like, low-budget films, but... I have to say I really enjoyed the story here. I mean, it's a story that's, of course, been done again. It's kind of like a crime movie where cops are investigating things and stuff like that. But I thought the acting was actually pretty decent for most the main characters. Except for I'm really glad they killed that first guy on the table in the opening of the movie. Because you're 100% right. The first, like, opening shots of this movie make you think this movie is going to be really bad. The, uh-huh. I don't know if they did ADR on the guy's voice, but 
it just it was re- like really bad acting. So I'm actually glad that he died pretty fast mm-hmm. because once you get him out of the way, you're right. The acting is not that bad. Yeah, like I feel like you know this is a low budget film done right. Like they actually put effort and heart into it, and I really appreciate it for that because you see so many of these movies where like the actors are just like people off the streets who like don't care or something and the camera work sucks and the audio is bad, but I, I feel like it was a pretty decent movie and story overall. Yeah, I, I have to agree. So, well, let's get into, obviously guys, there's going to be spoilers in this because you need to watch the movie before you listen to the rest of this. So if you haven't go watch the movie, unless you don't care about spoilers, but I do have to say there is a actual, actually big twist in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, as a heads up, we are going to ruin the shit out of that. <laughs> um, but I also have to say, brav fucking O on the twist. Did not see it coming. Did you see that twist coming? Yeah, no, I didn't see it coming at all, actually. And I was reading reviews on this movie before we recorded, because I always like to just see what other people were saying. And, like, one person was like, oh, the twist, anyone could see that coming a mile away. And I'm just how, like, how? I must be a moron then. How did you, how do you see the twist? Like, here's the thing. Here's what I like about the twist. They did give you pieces of the puzzle uh-huh. to to the twist happening, but nowhere near enough for you to go, oh, yeah, no, I definitely saw the sheriff's best friend doing some Mayan ritual shit uh, to heal his cancer-ridden fiance i totally saw that happening 100 percent. exactly How? yeah what no you did not i'm calling bullshit on anyone who said they saw that twist coming they I didn't even see, like a twist really coming i thought like this was just going to be some random killer in their town or something i was like oh it's actually one of the best friends i 100 cool. percent thought it was just some drug dealer shit yeah and... yeah that was what was going to happen. And when it didn't, and when they did the twist, I I was pleasantly shocked. So, uh, basically, you have a serial killer who is rocking black gloves like it's some Italian giallo for you. And he's killing drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And you've got your main drug dealer whose name is Clyde. He's a dick. He, he is a really big dick. Who talks shit to someone in a fucking wheelchair? That made me cringe. I was like, holy shit. He's like, yo, why you need a wheelchair if you can walk? And I'm just like, ah, I hate hearing stuff like that. Like, I'm like, I've met a lot of drug dealers in my life. (laughs) Right. And and for the most part, I can tell he sells weed. It's not like he sells meth. If he sells meth, I'd be like, yeah, he's probably a dick. But he sells weed. I've never met a a drug dealer, a drug dealer who who mostly peddles pot. Mm hmm. Who who's this much of a dick? Most people who smoke yeah. pot can't can't get up enough gumption to be this much of a dick because they're too high. Um, but maybe she, he does sell crack also because that one uh, chick she seems to be smoking crack through this entire movie. Yeah, so, she seems pretty messed up. Yeah, so, so I give him credit for that. Yeah, so you have Clyde who who's a dick and he's like apparently the main drug dealer along with a another guy, um, and you have. Two groups of people off of this. You've got his two white buddies, which I guess he hangs out with at the local honky tonk and is cool with. And then he's got this these this black couple, well, black brother and sister. And the black dude always has a match in his mouth instead of a toothpick. I don't know why it can't. It, there's no way that's cheaper than having toothpicks in your mouth. 
But yeah. I guess you never know when you're going to need a match. That never came into play. I thought it would come into play. Never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and his sister, who is obviously a crackhead. Um, and I got to say, he Clyde is a dick. But the black dude calling him a dick because they showed up at his house for drugs... Does not that's not him being a dick by him telling you to leave. He's trying to keep keep a squeaky clean appearance. That's drug dealing one oh one. Like, come on. There's no like why are you why why are you bitching about that? You broke his rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um I was gonna say the thing with the match, like, it does come up a little bit later, but like it's got nothing to do with the fact that it's a match. But like the lady's like, Oh, he always has a match in his mouth. That's how I knew it was him or something. She like finds his match on the floor and like, oh. but that has nothing to do with whether it okay. being a toothpick or not. <laughs> You're right. I, if, I guess if they would have found a toothpick, they wouldn't have been like, oh, well, it's a fucking toothpick. He just came out of Golden yeah. Corral. Yeah. Like, so I guess a match does a hundred percent make sense there. So okay, I take that back. Car- Carly, Carly had that one down. Carly's got your back, match stick man. Um. <laughs> And then we have we have the the sheriff who is Tom Hawk. Um, we have two deputies that actually get named. You have Claire, who is kind of like a um, she's a badass. I'd have to say she's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, she's kind of a dick herself to dead people. Yeah, uh, but she's cool. So you have Scott is like the young he guy. He's under the wing of the sheriff. Sheriff's kind of showing him the ropes. He's obviously new. He's he's a newbie to the force. Mm. Um, and he was pretty good. I, I I will say this. I think the guy who played Scott did a really good job of of presenting the whole scared and learning the ropes, but being wholesome and definitely like giving his all to yeah. the job. So I gotta say, bravo to the actor on that. You did that very subtly, and I, I really did enjoy that. I agree. Um, so, and then you have uh, Tomahawk's wife, and then you have their best friends, which is Mark and Anna. And Anna is dying of cancer. Like, legit, sh- like, no hair on the head, dying from cancer. Very serious. Um, and the- there's almost a Lifetime movie inside this movie. <laughs> of of Mark and Anna's relationship uh, going down because of her dying from cancer. They obviously love each other very much and Mark having to deal with it and Tom being there for him. And That's, that's a good way to put it, a Lifetime movie because I, like, I got that feeling too in the movie. I was like, huh, this is there's like a drama romance type deal going on in this horror film and it's I'm interested. I, I liked it. Yeah, because I, I had just watched another independent movie that I reviewed for Bloody Bits where they had, like, a love triangle in the horror movie. And I just mm-hmm. did not care about it at all. And they also had, like, a father-son thing going on that I just did not care at all because it was just not written well. This was written well. In fact, some of the best scenes in this movie uh, come from them talking, like, when Mark and John go fishing. Um, yeah. And they talk, like, even though they're talking about stupid shit, like, uh, the biggest ball of yarn that is in Nebraska. It's not in Texas. In case you did not know, Carly, it is not in Texas. People thought it was in Texas. It's not. Um, 
But those are actually done really, really well. And I actually do feel for that. But at no point did I ever think that tied into um, later on in the movie. Never did I feel like that was going to tie into the twist. Mm-hmm. Which, looking back on it, makes me go, oh man, yes, there were signs. But I just thought they were trying to make you feel more for the main character, Tom. That yeah. he's such a good guy. He's doing this for his best friend and, you know, he lets his best friend, like, his best friend Mark goes and buys, like, a pound of weed from the crackhead chick for (laughs) his wife. And uh, you think that that's going to play into a big thing. And then it really kind of doesn't. It just, and hell, Tom even brings weed to him to give his wife later on after he lets him get away uh, Scott clean from it. Which we never find out what happens to uh, the black crackhead chick. So... I guess True. she went down for selling a pound of weed. But like, and I want like I want to say like the story with the you know the girl with cancer and like the, their friends and stuff like that. Like at first I was kind of like, oh well, this doesn't this seems to just be like a random side story, and I was confused because it was like they were putting so much effort into this side story. Like if you have a person with cancer and you're like putting that much effort into their story, it's kind of weird if that has nothing to do with anything. So at first I was kind of like, I don't know about this. Like, I I enjoyed the story, but I was thinking, I'm kind of enjoying this side story more than the actual, like, investigation and the Tom character and things like that. And I didn't think it was going to come together in the end, like you said. So the fact that they did managed to tie together really kind of saved it for me because other than that like I thought it was a cool story but I thought they were like kind of messing up their movie with it but then at the end of course it all comes together and I really appreciated that I have to agree with you there I I felt like they they kind of dropped the ball on the criminal side the crime investigation side the detective side whatever you want to call it they really dropped the ball on that and they more pushed this lifetime story that they were going with. And it actually ended up working. Because if they would not have done this twist, if if that twist wouldn't have been able, like, if that twist would have went off wrong, I would have hated this movie. I would have been like, they wasted so much time on this and this and this. But because they pull off that twist so well, I I ended up being like, wow, I really liked it. That at that moment, right when he is, when Tom just found out Claire has been shot and that uh, Clyde is gone, is missing, and he goes, I think I know who it is because he just talked to the uh, the guy from the, from the university who's like, mm-hmm. by the way, a mask and a mace were stolen from us when, and we're in San Diego and it's for a cannibalistic ritual sacrifice that's used uh to heal someone like i'm gonna give them that i'm just gonna let them have that at this point in the movie you've got mm-hmm. me enough with the with the cult eye signal that i'm gonna let that one go i'm not gonna nitpick that i'm gonna accept it at this point we're good yeah so i i accept that and as soon as he gets on there and he talks to and he goes i think i know who it is that's when it hit me that I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, you're right. There was a throwaway line about how San Diego was a bust. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he said San Diego was a bust didn't, it didn't hit me until he goes, I think I know who it is. 
And then I remembered that line. And then I was like, oh, man, that that is an actual holy shit. That was a twist that. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan, you need to start paying this guy to ghostwrite for you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, they do a good job at foreshadowing things in this film. It's not just like, oh, here's a random twist that you didn't see coming at all because we didn't set it up for you at all. Yes. Uh, and, and did you know the twist, like, when he said, I think I know who it is? Or did you know when he was having the phone call with the university guy? Um, I knew when he said, I think I know who it is. That's about the time that I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Because I felt like I was like, I think I might have got this a little late. I feel like maybe I should have known yeah, this during that conversation. <laughs> but I didn't. and mm-hmm. I Because they, they do a great red herring of... The of Mark getting attacked in the high school, which you then find out was the black guy trying to get revenge because he thinks that Mark set up his crackhead sister. Yeah. Which wasn't true at all. No one set up, like, Mark was legit trying to buy weed. (laughs) So, once again, that that red herring was a great, like, misdirect. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I I was a big fan. Yeah, was well planned out in this movie like they didn't they were like like they plan things out well to like make it so it makes sense in the end and i didn't really see any holes or anything in this film yeah they the the writer did a very good job of that i i really don't have any complaints about the writing um i will say that some of the dialogue was meh and other of it was really good but i will Mm -hmm. say uh tomahawk Everything he said, just, I believed. He yeah. he really did come off very smooth and like he's got it together. He's that cool sheriff dude. I, I legit believed everything he spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like just like the dialogue, like when they're fishing and then also like at the dinner scene when they're talking about like memories from high school and stuff. You just get the vibe that they were all really good friends and things like that. Like I like scenes like that because they're realistic. Yeah, that dinner scene, I, I agree, was very well done, believing everything. Um, the the scene that had the worst acting in it had to be that campfire scene. Oh my god, um, <laughs> I hated that moment. That that campfire scene was there for two reasons. One, to get a pair of boobs in the movie. I'm mm-hmm. not complaining, but it was there for that. And then it w- there was a bigger reason, which was the reveal of the first body. And I yeah. have to say, I actually like that reveal. Kicking the lantern over while they're having sex and it rolling to shine light on the decomposed body. I dug. Um, mm-hmm. That body was a little bit more decomposed for someone who's only been, like, dead for a week and a half, maybe? Yeah, I didn't think about that. It was truly just like a skeleton. Yeah, but it looked good. And that was the body of Ryan O'Malley, who is apparently the guy who's growing the weed. Mm-hmm. Um, how he's growing weed in the small knit community, like in the small town that they say multiple times is a small town and getting away with it. Not a hundred percent sure, but I'll accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so from there, uh, let's see, we go into, uh, they go, the cops go to investigate, uh, Ryan O'Malley's house. And I have to say, this is actually where I have the biggest problem with the camera work. When they follow certain characters with the camera, it's very shaky. Um, mm-hmm. Where there should not be shaky cam. This is not a found footage movie. 
that should have been a more steady cam pan shot instead of a shaky one. But low budget, they might not have been able to do that, and they probably did the best they could with what they had. So that really is just a nitpick. But that was my problem throughout the movie is some of the camera work came off shaky when it really should have just been a very, very steady thing. And it it does kind of take you out, but it's very easy to bounce back in. Yeah, I agree. Like, some of it was very, um, it feels like, the way I describe it is if I went out and kind of made a movie with a handheld camera and put it on YouTube, that's how it always feels to me when I see camera angles like this. But there are other parts of the movie, like the whole middle section and things like that, that feel like a, you know, normal big production film like they do a pretty good job with the camera work so it's not enough to ruin the film for me some movies like I just can't take it and I'm like this doesn't even look like a real movie to me but with this one it is passable um at the beginning of the movie like another problem I had was like I felt like it kind of bounced back and forth with some of the characters a little too much to where I had trouble following a little bit like you had like the dude, the wife, and, like, the girl with the cancer. Then you have, like, the sheriff and his partner. And then you get this, like, campfire scene. Then you have the drug addicts and, like, the drug dealers. And, like, I was getting a little confused with all the characters. But once again, like, as the movie goes on, I feel like the middle section is the strongest part. And, like, you get the story enough to um, follow it. Yeah, I, the uh, one thing I will give the jumping around of characters for this is that it actually helped with the pacing a little bit for me mm-hmm. because it was constantly jumping to something new for me to learn. But it, you're right, it feels disjointed in the beginning, but luckily it all comes together. Yeah. Um. So while Carly is right, it does feel disjointed. To me, it does help with the pacing a bit. Um. At no point in this movie was I ever really bored. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I wasn't bored or anything. It felt like almost like a TV show to me almost, like at the beginning where like, you know, in a TV show where you're seeing like two characters and their story, then it cuts to like the other two characters in the story. Like that's kind of how it was feeling to me. But like I said, it all comes together. It's not really a huge complaint. Yeah, because like you'll, you go from the dinner scene to which you, which is not a throwaway scene. There are parts. There were certain times where I was like, "This is a throwaway scene," but then it does something mm-hmm. with it, like the campfire scene, doing the body reveal. Um, you get the the scene at the dinner table where they explain that they've been friends for so long, and then when they even go outside to show the little boat that they're like, "It's Orca," and I was like, "Oh, okay, a Jaws reference. That's cool." Even when mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be a throwaway scene, you know. That's when Mark kind of breaks down and, and and really, like, explains how bad the situation is. And Tomahawk gives him some weed, which, I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to call bullshit on this, even though it's a nitpick. Either, I'm sorry, you would have smelled the weed from that Ziploc bag if it was just in his shirt pocket. Like, True. You would have smelled that. Um, I'm not saying why I know this, but you would have smelled it. <laughs> Um, but once again, that's a stupid nitpick that was, that really doesn't matter. Yeah, because you figure they're not going to be standing there and he's going to go, I smell weed, you know? Yeah. But like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it was a big bag of weed. Like, you could smell that no matter, even if it's in a bag, like, you're going to know it's there. Yeah. So, um, as for the kills in this movie, 
Uh, none are super memorable to me because it's it's mostly a guy in the weird luchador mask beating people with a primitive mace. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, they're not done in a way where I'm like, that was terrible. In fact, there is a gore scene where they rip open Johnny. Johnny yes. and Keith. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, and they have his chest ripped open and they're, that looks really good. Um, mm-hmm. There are scenes where they're removing organs. That looks really good. None of it is... The, as far as I could tell, there was no CGI. It was all practical, and it looked it looked pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Like, the kills... Like, I wasn't really focused on the kills too much in this movie. It was almost like a side thought. But, like, really, it's, like, repetitive, where he's just cutting people open and, like, removing stuff. And some of them are, like, you're not really seeing them. They're kind of... You just see a little bit of blood and not much else going on, but... I, yeah, I I like that they didn't use CGI or anything stupid like that. They actually tried. Yeah, I was I, I was a big big fan of that. Um, but once again, the crime part of this just feels really downplayed. Like, I, like the gravity of the situation never really falls upon them until the very very end. Like there is mm-hmm. a a guy murdering drug dealers, and you talk about getting the FBI involved or all this, but no one ever really shows up. And it just seems like they paid way more attention to the the cancer subplot, which turned out to be very important. But while you're watching it, you're just kind of like, guys, there's someone out there murdering people viciously. Yeah. And like, y'all don't really seem to care. Mm-hmm. Like, the description of the movie is kind of misleading because it makes it seem like it's going to be about the sheriff and the girl, Clara, or whatever. And, like, you think it's going to be about them, like, finding themselves or something while they try to hunt these people down. But you don't get like overly a lot of that at all, really. Maybe that's a good misdirect though. Like maybe they did that on purpose because it helps misdirect you from the plot twist that you're going to see. Yeah. Like it kind of, it kind of blindsides you. Like when I read the, the back of the movie today before I put it in, I was like, okay, well, uh, maybe this will be good. And then I was completely blindsided by, like, how good the cancer subplot was. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's mostly because I was not expecting it. And to be honest, I actually teared up a couple times in this movie. Like, it was, like, really dramatic and sad sometimes whenever, like, the husband's crying over his wife. And then there's there's a part where a cop is killed by accident, basically, and, like, things like that. Like, I was like, man, this... This movie's giving me more of the feels than the scares, but I was okay with that because, I mean, at least it gave me some emotion. If I'm emotionally attached to a movie, like, that's usually a good thing. Yeah, I I 100% agree there. There is, speaking of when uh, that police officer dying, um, when the, the doctor comes up covered in, like, splattered blood to tell Tomahawk, that there's nothing they can do. That line is delivered very poorly, and I actually mm-hmm. laughed out loud. <laughs> I I felt really bad, but I laughed out loud. I was like, maybe they should have done another take on that one. Uh-huh. Uh, that was probably almost as bad as the campfire scene. Uh, but considering there's only like two really bad, act- th- well, three really bad acted scenes, the beginning the campfire scene and him delivering the death line. Mm. That's not that bad for a movie. That's like 90 minutes. Um, and I got to say poor Keith, man, 
Keith was was part of the drug dealer crew, but he was the one that was like getting made fun of. Um, yeah, he, he, I guess he, he seemed like he was a little slow, but he was a nice dude, and he got the shit into the stick because not only did like Clyde show up and pull a gun out on him and be like, "You killed them, didn't you?" And I'm like, "How could Keith kill anyone? Keith yeah, would I bake didn't... you a cake for your birthday." <laughs> I thought that too. I was like, how does this guy really think this guy is behind all this? Like, come on. But legitly, right after that, when he goes and, de- goes and actually goes to deliver the stuff, I was for a second like, wait, Keith just found out that not only did the, the guy he was hanging out with last night get murdered, but he just got a gun pulled on him and threatened, got his life threatened, and he still went and delivered this? Maybe there is something wrong here. But that was either a misdirect or Keith not fully understanding what's going on. I'm not sure that could that might have been poor writing. I really don't know. But I mean, Keith Keith seemed like a pretty silly, slow, simple dude. So he probably was just like, "I got to do my job." You know what? You might you might be right. That that actually might work. Um, I actually liked when he was in the store before his like boss comes up to him and he like goes to like flip that can or something and it like doesn't like land perfectly. I thought that was kind of funny because it just shows how lame he was. It, it, it is a, it's small things like that that you see in a movie and you just go, that is perfect for that character. It shows you what kind of character you're dealing with mm-hmm. without them having to force feed it to you. Yeah. And I feel like you see that a lot in this movie. The characters were written and acted in a way that they... You learned a lot from very, very small, simple things or small interactions that really, really told you what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very subtle. And a lot of times you in low-budget movies, you do not get that. They shove it in your face so you know. Yeah. Um, so, and then we get into... At the end of this movie, we have another kind of twist. Um, so... Mark goes to jail, um, and we find out Claire is going to take over as sheriff because Tom is either retiring or going on vacation. I can't tell. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. They say she Claire says vacation, but I mean he's packing up all his shit and saying you're the boss now. Maybe the writer yeah. can let me know. I don't know why I want to know this, but I want to know: Did he retire? Did he resign? What? Like what? <laughs> Is he going to come back? I I don't think he's going to come back because right after this, we find out that Anna is feeling much better. Her cancer is in remission somehow, especially when it was in her brain and her lungs at the same time. Uh Uh-huh. Which I guess is the supernatural part. The ritual fucking worked. Yeah, that's what that's supposed to be implying. And I'm just like, ah, it's a little crazy, but okay. I'll, I'll take it. Um... Only because it sets up the fact that we now have to assume Tom kept the mask. The the goofy looking ma- I gotta say, this mask looked goofy and it w- it's only because of the teeth on it. Yeah. The teeth were weird and maybe they should have been changed slightly, but I still like the mask design. It's just the teeth looked a little silly. It uh, looks but like a mask I would have made in art class or something back it, in high school to me. High school or middle school? Let's be honest here. High school. High school, okay. <laughs> I sucked. So we we now get to assume that Tom is picking up the mantle for Anna. 
Um, and I would actually be down to see a sequel to this, to see where Tom goes. I don't know if there's enough sequel there in that story. Mm-hmm. But it would be kind of cool to see Claire have to hunt down Tomahawk. Yeah, like, I don't know if... Yeah, I feel like this movie probably, like, wouldn't get a sequel just because it's, like, a low-budget film that probably not a lot of people know about. But, like, it would be cool to see one. I mean, I like I enjoyed this one enough to want to see more. Yes, I, I'll definitely check out more. Um, that's I think the, the writer did a great job. I would love to see more movies he's written to see how they go out. The director, I see a lot of potential there. Like... I have a few nitpicks on how the movie was made, but not enough for me to ever claim he 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 was bad. He's definitely uh, learning the craft, and and I don't know what else he's done. I would be interested to see if he's done what he's done before this and what he does after this to see the potential for growth. Because it for the most part, all the things you would normally like pick out about a movie you didn't like that has to deal with the technical aspect. Are not here. For the most part, you're going to enjoy everything on the technical aspect with minor nitpicks that you can quickly get over. Yeah, I agree. So, I'll be interested to see that. It was directed by... Where's his name? Chris mm-hmm. Etheridge. Yes. The screenplay was done by Stacy Palmer. The writer, I'm assuming, is a female. She did a great job. So, big props to her. Your writing, Stacy, was fantastic. And that, that all, it might be because you're a woman that you put that emotional side into it, and which blindsided me. And I have to say bravo for that. That, that mm-hmm. whole, like, my whole lifetime movie thing is not a jab at you or an insult. I do not mean it in that way at all. I mean it as a compliment because you made me enjoy that lifetime. I would love to see more lifetime horror movies if they were done like this. Yeah, it made it feel unique because you weren't expecting any like dramatic, romantic, like weird stuff going on in this going into this film, but then you got it and plus you got horror aspects. So I really like that. Yeah. Apparently the original title of this was Attack of the Morning Side Monster. I'm really yeah. glad they dropped the attack of yeah, on IMDb it had it listed up as that, and at first I was like, oh, is this the right movie? I was kind of confused, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Hey, I think this, oh, by the way, everyone, if you didn't get a horror pack, this is the one that's signed, and it looks like it was signed by Chris and Stacy. So the writer and director is who looks like they're the ones who signed it. So mm-hmm. I have to say, as for the independent movies that we've gotten in horror pack, um, this is probably my second favorite, um, with the scare house being number one, because I scare house, I, I, that movie does not look like an independent movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie looked fantastic, but I like this way better than night of something strange, which I hated. And that seems yeah. to be my judging point for things is a scare house and night of something strange. Those are my two judgment points. And I'd have to say for Morningside Monster, if I'm raking it out of 10, uh, I, 6.57. I I would actually give it a 7.5 for myself because I was like pleasantly surprised by this. I was going into it like not knowing to, really what to expect. Like I knew it was going to be low budget and things like that and didn't know what to expect. And I was 
pretty surprised, so I gave it a pretty decently high rating for that. Yeah, I'm trying to take the, the, the – I'm giving a high rating for the surprise. I'm giving a high rating for the twist. I'm giving a high rating for the lifetime aspect of it. The thing – I'm taking off a little bit for the few minor nitpicks I have, and mm. I don't see a lot of rewatchability in this. This is definitely yeah. a, a one-time watch. Um, though I, it has two commentary tracks and I am a sucker for commentary tracks. So there, there's a good chance I will end up watching this two more times to go through both commentary tracks mm-hmm. because I will be very interested to see the, like hearing behind the scenes of how to, to make this. When I talked to the director of the scare house on kill the gas, it was so interesting hearing all these things about what they had to do to go through and make these movies. And the thing with these independent movies is these are labors of love. They they don't make a lot of money on them. They they probably lose money. It is a it is a bitch to shoot. It is them sacrificing a lot to do it, and that just gets mad respect from me. You know, mm-hmm. Car, I mean, Carly and I we do podcasts, which is nowhere near as hard, but you still have to sacrifice time to to make them, to record them, to watch stuff, to edit them. It takes. It it, may, it takes us a few hours to do every podcast, and I'm sure it took them uh, a few months, if not a year or more, to make this. Yeah, I respect it a lot. Like, and they especially like when they do come out with like a really solid film in the end. Like, you could tell they did a good job. You can feel the heart behind it and things like that. Like, if it's not going to be like cheesy and half-assed, like I'm all for it. I respect it. Yeah. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a solid seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it right at a seven and say I liked this better than last month's Strange Events, which was like half good skits and half like I don't know why these skits were made. I had more I don't want to I had more fun with Strange Events because there was stuff I could laugh at and stuff I couldn't. But as for like a movie, I would take Morningside Monster because it's more of a complete movie. It's more of an experience, and I'm I'm pretty stoked to have gone through that experience. So mm-hmm. I think we're both giving uh, Morningside Monster a, a thumbs up. So this horror pack got three full thumbs up and one sideways. So three out of four is really good. Yeah, and I mean the sideways is only because we haven't seen the movie. So that might be a thumbs up too. Who knows? It might be a thumbs up. And it's It doesn't get a direct thumbs down. Because like, I could give a thumbs down to a movie I've never seen if it's a sequel. Uh, just because <laughs> of the reputation. But... Because Alex from Skeleton Crew says they're good, I'm going to give it another try. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything left to say about this month's horror pack? Um, not really. I mean, this makes me really look forward to future horror packs and seeing what the uh, special edition movie is in them. Because so far, I mean, like you said, I like Scare House. I know you don't like Night of Something Strange, but, I mean, I liked it. It's definitely my least favorite out of them, and I really like this one. So I think it's pretty cool because they're movies that I would not see, obviously, have had and I get the horror pack. So I'm pretty excited to continue with it. I agree, and I also I want to give a shout-out to Horror Pack because my horror pack got stolen, actually. <laughs> because apparently USPS thinks it's completely okay to leave a package on my doorstep when I live in apartments and my, mm-hmm. my office has apparently they do not take packages from USPS, but they will take packages from Amazon, which is weird. So whatever. So I, I've, I've got a fix now. All my future horror packs should be safe. Um, but I want to give a shout out to them because they, 
they quickly helped me out and took care of me to make sure that my horror pack experience was awesome. So their customer service, amazing. I've also been doing pop-up pack and I've bought a few things from that. I bought, I just got my pop-up pack in for the anime pop-up pack they did. Um, Really cool. They did a horror pop-up pack, which was huge, but it was pretty much like leftovers from previous horror packs. So if you'd gotten previous horror packs, you already kind of had the stuff. But nonetheless, pretty cool. It's the same like when they do their their spring cleanup sale and they just have a bunch of leftover stuff that you can buy. And that's fine with me because that's how I got Pumpkinhead 2 for $5, so I'm not complaining. Um, mm-hmm. So check out, good. check out Pop-Up Pack if you haven't. You basically pay a $5 subscription fee for it and each month you get to see the pop-up pack but at least one of your orders you will get free shipping on that back because of that five dollars you pay so you basically as long as you order one thing a month you it pay your subscription pays for your shipping and each week they put up a new theme and it lasts all week and you have until that item sells out or until the end of that week to buy it it's really cool if you have the extra $5 and you think that you'll order at least one movie, because then you're paying, you know, what I try to do is I buy at least two things from one theme every month. That way I'm paying $10 shipped for two Blu-rays. And you really can't complain about that. So that's what I try to do. Um, I've bought from their Thriller pack and I've bought from their anime pack. And it's been really good. So hopefully Pop-Up Pack continues because I do dig it. Check that out. Check out Horror Pack. If you're listening to this and you don't know what Horror Pack is, that's surprising. But Horror Pack is basically 25 bucks a month and you will get to your door four Blu-rays or four DVDs depending on what you choose. Carly and I do Blu-ray because we're all about that blue baby. That's what we do. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a great mystery. If you liked uh, opening up Pokemon cards as a kid or Magic the Gathering, or any kind of mystery boxes. If you like the idea of Loot Crate, but you don't like Funkos, or keychains, or air car fresheners that are shaped like Ryu from Street Fighter, that's not your thing, but you like movies, you collect movies, do Horror Pack. Because even if you get a movie you already have, you can trade it, you can sell it, you can pass it on to someone. Last pack, I got Hatchet 3, which I already had. So I'm sending that to Carly, which I'll probably be sending that to you this week. I got to send a bunch of shit out this week. (laughs) Um, So even if you get a movie you already have on DVD, bam, that's an upgrade to Blue. It just happened to Carly. If you get one that you already own, you can give it away to someone. You can sell it. You can trade it. There's there's tons of options. It really is a good deal. Pop-Up Pack's doing a really good job. Just do not be one of those jerks that think that Pop-Up Pack should be giving them like reanimator from arrow that's not gonna happen guys let's be this is a independent company doing a great thing don't don't expect craziness from them be realistic i think they've done a great job i out of the couple uh how many packs am i at four i'm at four or five horror packs now and i think only one of them i was mildly disappointed in that's it and that's not enough for for me to discontinue i'd have to get like I'd have to get like three or four bad ones in a row for me to leave. Mm-hmm. And even then, at the end of the day, I can trade these off to some ones I don't like, like Night of Something Strange. I can trade that off to someone if I end up not wanting it. So I guess without further ado, that's it. Game over. We're done. Thank you for joining us. 
Uh, please check out Carly over at Netflix and Chill Horror Pass. Horror, horror, horror Podcast. Dot com. It's not the only thing I blow. Horrorpodcast.com. Oh. She is also on YouTube. And Carly, what's your YouTube channel? Is Carly317. Pretty simple, pretty basic. That is Carly317. Um, I just finished up my 31 days of horror, so I'm taking a little break from uploading because that was a trip. But I do upload horror videos every now and again, so please su- subscribe. I really appreciate it. And JP and I are supposed to record an episode of Netflix and Chill tomorrow night, actually. So we will have that back up and running, hopefully. So please check that out. We would much appreciate it. I am super glad to hear that. And as always, you can check me out on Kill the Cast. This show, Kill the Cast, Netflix and Chill, are on the Horophilia Network. So you can find us by going to the Horophilia website or searching anywhere where you have podcasts. And you'll find us. And I also have a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash killthecast where I did not do a 31 days of horror challenge because I am way too lazy. But you can find this podcast on YouTube. You can find all the Kill the Cast YouTubes and you can find personal videos I do. Kill the trailer or the other greatest horror movies. The other greatest moments in horror history. Jerry, learn to talk. (laughs) I'm going to have to kill people in a Mayan mask so I can regenerate my ability to talk. Um, no. No? I shouldn't do that? No, no, I think, I think you're fine. You're doing fine. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, but if it makes me, if it makes me a better podcaster, then if I kill drug dealers, it's not that bad, right? Uh, you know what? Just do what you have to do. I'm going to just look the other way. Fair enough. See, you're a good friend, Tomahawk. <laughs> I try. So we are out of here, guys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next month for the November Horror Pack, which will probably be released in December because we like to, we get them at the end of the month and we don't want to spoil anything. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time. Have a good day or a good night, whatever you're doing. Enjoy it. Peace.